Hell. Hell. Feels like Monday. Live from the ESG Shake Shack. It's a uh, I barely mentioned Musk Monday edition of Business Pants. All right. Joined as always by our Lord it. of the yeah. BS, Matt Muscardi. I'm going to keep talking. In today's ESG encrusted mildew stain called January 30th, 2023, sexy apologies, anti CEO pop music, and a sleazy academic paper. Is that what you have? You have a sleazy academic paper? I have a one liner from one of the best one liner papers I've ever seen. It made everything so simple for me. You ready for some uh, CEO apologies? Am I? Yeah, okay, let's do this thing. I like a good parade music for an apology. Uh, we haven't covered these in a while. I, I get these like lists, these accruing lists of things I want to do, and then they kind of take a you back seat. You do so them I'm, on Mondays. Yeah, yeah, dusting them off. Here we go. Elon Musk, this is be the only Musk talk. Elon Musk finally apologizes for creepy conspiracy theory about Paul Pelosi attack. <laughs> what was his apology though? Did it was it a was it one of those hedged apologies where he says it was, it, yeah yes well no yeah maybe actually because he it started with the were it started with nonetheless yeah yeah I apologize yeah <laughs> <laughs> which which yeah. which creates a. There is a. I'm not all wrong. Like you're, like you I might wasn't. be right. We don't have proof. We do, there's not enough but to say I that still, I was totally wrong. I'll apologize, apologize yeah. for what appears to be wrong, but we don't know. The, Except the, we knew before that the conspiracy theory was right. We just tweeted that out. Yeah. But I don't know if it's wrong. I hate everything. Go ahead. Uh, up next, uh, mining giant Rio Tinto. There's always fun stuff out of mining companies. Uh, isn't, I, didn't we used to say that at MSCI? Always fun stuff have, happening in mining? Uh, our uh, our mutual friend, Sam Block, who's the head, who's been the head of mining for a me. long time at mm-hmm. MSCI ESG, um, he loves a good mining company he loves himself some. so he probably knows this story mining giant rio tinto My, mining giants has apologized for <laughs> this is a this is a good story i mean i gotta be fair <laughs> has apologized for losing a tiny radioactive capsule <laughs> <laughs> that went missing as it was being transported across western australia <laughs> an emergency hunt for the device <laughs> which is about the size of a pea is underway along the roughly 1,000-mile route. So wow. <laughs> the capsule contains a small quantity of radioactive, radioactive cesium-137, which could cause serious illness to anyone who comes into contact with it, including skin damage, burns, radiation sickness, blah, blah, blah. So they did they alert all any local field trips? Like, tell your kindergartners not to pick up pea-sized devices in the desert? I mean, I'm, I'm guessing they only alerted those weird dudes with the metal detectors. <laughs> there, there's a hundred percent chance, though. Like some iguana already ate it, isn't there? Uh, Simon Trot, Simon Trot, Rio Tinto's iron ore CEO. Is that that's not CEO though, right? <laughs> that's not like an ad, that's not like a way of being like cool CEO or like right yeah. like. Friendly CEO. It's Iron Ore. He's a CEO of Iron Ore. Can you be the CEO of an ore? I don't know. <laughs> he said in the statement, listen to this apology. 
We are sorry for the alarm it has oh. caused in the Western Australian community. <laughs> so he didn't even apologize for the act. Right. He for apologized the for the alarm that the Western Australian which community is, had. Which is really his way of saying that, like, you people don't handle adverse events very well. I mean, it does seem like a little bit of a weird, I like, it. is it a, I can't, is this a big deal or a little deal? Well, it's a little, it's a little radioactive. I capsule. know it's a little tiny thing, but like the worst case scenario in this thing is one person picks it up and burns their finger. That's terrible. No, I think it's a quite bit more than a burnt finger. Is it? That's what I'm trying to get yeah, at. Yeah, like, I want to know. Like, are, do they have like cancer forever for, uh, when they walk probably, by? Probably, probably knowing Rio Tinto. Yes, they probably made a a cancer capsule. Oh, well, there you go. All right. Well, they should. no one should have so much alarm about this. How about this one? I just I just liked the, the idiocy of this one. And this, again, this I feel like this sort of dovetails about some of our, one of our predictions we talked about cybersecurity. So, and, and part of that is this uh, acknowledgement that we live in a world where cyber attacks are going to increase and increase, and yet companies are managed by 90-year-olds who, yeah. who don't, even what they don't even know. Yeah, how our own prediction paper found that work. the financial yeah. sector in the United States has the is is the oldest by age influence or influence weighted age, meaning the decision makers are all like octogenarians. So speaking of which, uh, Ticketmaster CEO, and this is a company that of course would be a target for this type of thing, right? Ticketmaster CEO apologizes for Taylor Swift concert ticket debacle. Blames bots and cyber attack. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's so ominous. I don't know. that. Uh, I, I don't know. Are you allowed to blame? I mean, are you allowed to blame? Isn't that your job to, like, put up a wall around bots and cyber attack? I mean, is that a fair can't, way to get wait, out of that one? Can't you blame bots and cyber attacks for anything? Yeah, I don't, I don't know how like, I feel about that one. Yeah. And also... It's Taylor Swift. Do yeah. I don't I already don't care. So oh. I don't really care about the what what prompted the apology. I I just like that you a CEO feels like he can shift blame away by somehow by saying like that the yes something happened and we didn't prevent it from happening like we should have but it's not our fault. Like, it's, sorry. Yeah, it's like it's something. I don't know. I just, you know, what I'm trying to say here. I'm not uh, saying a little it very bit, well. But I, I mostly am just thinking of like upset preteens who borrowed parents' money to spend two hundred dollars on seats to Taylor Swift, and it didn't work out. This one feels like the one where you'd say, "I'm sorry for the alarm we caused the community." That seems like this apology. Uh, here's the best apology of the day. Um, this is just uh, long-winded and crazy. Uh, this is uh, the CEO of San Francisco-based tech company has issued an apology mm. after quoting civil rights uh, champion Martin Luther King in an email this. announcing layoffs. First of all, I, I, t I, I take umbrage with uh, civil rights champion. I don't know if I like that term. Is so that I'm, what Martin Luther King was, a civil I'm, rights champion? Uh, I don't know if I like the word champion there. Yeah. What would you prefer? Just how about just leader? <laughs> champion i don't know yeah i mean we're I'm sorry just superheroes yeah, i love them i love gotta them be like, i don't know all right here we go it's gotta be it should have been superhero uh this is uh the company is pager duty the ceo's name is jennifer tejada 
the apology, uh, here's the first of the apology. I'll start with the apology. There are a number of things I would do differently if I could. She, okay. she could get a time machine, first yeah. of all. I mean, if she, but anyway. She could get an editor. Yeah, forget that. The quote I included from Dar- Dr. Martin Luther King was inappropriate and insensitive. I should have been more upfront about the layoffs in the email, more thoughtful about my tone, and more concise. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the, and it's funny that she says she should have been more concise because that even that apology has seven phrases attached to 25 <laughs> conjunctions. So, uh, okay, so Matt, the original letter was 1,671 words. <laughs> wow, that's a lot. That's a long letter. Can you imagine when you used to have an actual job getting a, 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 a email from your CEO? 1,670 words. And as a point of reference, Matt, the Gettysburg Address is 272 words. <laughs> All right, so it took her uh, 376, 367 words just to get to the layoffs part of the email. So you got to do a lot of skimming. What did she spend those words doing? What is she, do a lot what of skimming. she saying? <laughs> and, okay, let me, I'm just going to highlight a few things that I hated about this email. First of all, she starts off by, she addresses the, the email to Deutonians. She calls her workers Deutonians. <laughs> okay, can what the we hell make is that? Can we yeah. make a rule at Free Float yeah. that we never give ourselves like stupid floaters, floaties, like tweeps, and yeah. like uh, or, or free floats or yeah. whatever? <laughs> I don't want any of it. Uh, okay, then so okay, so 367 words in, she finally announces uh, eliminating roughly seven percent of roles globally. Um, and then she goes on to say great things like, "I regard Deutonians as more than employees." Mm. They are accomplished, deeply talented individuals who hashtag bring themselves. Why are we hashtagging in an email? <laughs> Why are we doing that? And then she's uh, she she goes on to say that she's looking forward to the future. And she says, I'm excited to appoint Jeremy Komet, senior vice president, of North America. So she she lays everybody Wait. off and then she's all <laughs> excited she's excited? about it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it feels and, like two different emails. And then she goes on to say that none of this would be possible without you, our leadership, and our board. Oh. <laughs> so I don't really... So, yeah. So, so she's, you're fired, Yeah. and it wouldn't have been possible to fire you, elevate this guy, without the leadership and the board. I want to thank them. And here's her Holocaust blanket moment. She says, I am reminded in moments like this of something Martin Luther King said. And, and f- first of all, I call bullshit. She... <laughs> She didn't have this quote on top of her mind. (laughs) She wasn't reminded of a quote. Let me just say, Uh, yeah. if you find yourself typing in in times like these that I'm reminded of X person's quote, no one believes you. Yeah, just say here's a a quote I found while Googling Martin Luther King. Yeah. (laughs) No, like literally 10 best quotes, Martin Luther King. That's what she put in her search. (laughs) Okay. Here's a quote that she was reminded of in moments like this. Quote, the ultimate measure of a leader is not where they stand in the moments of comfort and convenience, but where they stand in times of challenge and controversy. So she's, she made reference to a King quote about leadership. Is she talking about herself? I think she is. Did she say, I'm reminded that I myself am a leader Yeah, because of the tone of my email? And then she goes on to say that pager duty stands for an equitable world where we transform critical work so all teams can delight their customers and build trust. Matt, here's what the company actually does, according to its website. 
Uh, they transform critical work for modern business. Powerful and unique platform makes sure you can take the right action when seconds matter. From developers and reliability engineers to customer success, <laughs> security in the C-suite, we empower teams with the time and efficiency to build the future. <laughs> what do they do? I don't know. That's the equi- <laughs> equitable world they're transforming. I don't understand. I don't know this. what world. I don't know what world they're in. I don't know what they do. I don't know anything yet. Uh, and then there's something, a little something. This from, reminds yeah. me of a quote from yeah. somebody. Oh, no. <laughs> Malcolm X. Uh, uh, one more apology. Uh, this isn't really an apology, but uh, they're making fun of Spotify CEO Daniel Ek uh, for, for announcing layoffs with too much toxic positivity, they're calling it. Toxic positivity. <laughs> toxic positivity. Ooh, yeah. I like that. I've never heard of toxic so positivity. He said he was too ambitious, and for that reason, he's laying off 6% of the company. Uh, and then he said, personally, these changes will allow me to get back to the part where I do my best work, spending more time working on the future of Spotify. And I can't wait to share more about all the things we have coming. <laughs> Woo! All right. Yeah, there you go. You're all gone so I can do my job. That's my apology yeah. roundup. Uh, before I hand it over to you, Matt, uh, I, I found this wonderful pearl of a story uh, over the weekend. And this the, here's the, the headline. Indie Supergroup, Who Is She? That's the name of the group. Who is okay. she? Who is she? Dropped as Seattle Kraken house band after dissing Jeff Bezos in Amazon Arena. Okay, do you get what I'm, anything about what I'm saying? Okay. Does that make sense to you? First so of all, I lived in Seattle setup. for a few years. Yeah. So um, some of this setup. makes a little sense. Okay. It sounds like a very popular indie band mm-hmm. w- was taken off of a show because they dissed Jeff Bezos yes. in the arena Owned by Amazon. And owned by Jeff Bezos. Called, of all things, called Climate Pledge Arena. I mean, yeah, <laughs> can you I get got more it. greenwashing than it. that? Yeah. So they came out, the band came out and said, in an unfortunate turn of events, apparently we are not welcome back at Jeff Bezos's Climate Pledge Arena. Uh, so they got fired, right? Um, and they were told they were fired. They were told because a leadership decided you're not a good fit for hockey. <laughs> that's the reason <laughs> that's the reason they were, they were fired so here's what got them fired uh they were they played a version of latigra's my my metro car so latigra was a was a indie band about 20 years ago mm-hmm. who sure. uh also female female band who had a protest song uh, about uh, Rudy Giuliani at the time when he was the mayor of New York City called my metro car so this band had a song called my uh my my orca card i guess orca card is the seattle's version of the metro card yeah that's okay. true yeah, so here's of. the they don't have a metro really i'll play a snippet of the song you probably won't understand the lyrics but i'll be here to translate those lyrics here here for you matt okay, okay. so i'm gonna play you a snippet here all right i'm excited uh this is what got the band fired at jeff bezos's climate pledge arena <laughs> Okay, well, let me tell you this. That the video that Matt just played does the audience the favor of putting up the lyrics. Yeah, of without the, song. the words, it would without be really the, hard to with, understand. Without the words or lyrics, you have no idea what they're saying. What they actually said was, Oh no, Jeffrey Bezos, he's such a total jerk. 
shut down all the bookstores, billionaires do not work. So uh, I, for, I just want to look, I, I don't know what I don't have a takeaway here. I just I just love the, the, the now I love the indie supergroup. Who is she? I love the fact that they got so upset by the by lyrics that no one could understand that they ended up firing them and saying that they're not a good fit for hockey. I just love every I just Can like we I like when CEOs get them? triggered. I like it. Can we reach out to them and make it yes. the official opening music when you open up Board Saber Metrics? Let's, let's that's try it. The, that's the song let's try that, it. that plays. We haven't. I mean, this is great. I, we haven't had a story like this in a while. A, a, a band playing uh, an anti CEO song at a hockey game, and then immediately getting fired by a triggered <laughs> CEO. I mean, this, this is good. This. I don't think it was a triggered CEO. I'm sure that was a triggered middle. Like, oh, it was, no, it was no probably CEO. the Kraken management yeah. were like scared that he. Yeah, they're terrified. Yeah, okay. That was it for that. Was that was it for that? All right, let's do something totally different. I have something very short for you. Thank God. Um, and it's a fun little paper that I read. This is your weekly nerd alert. Um, I've been sitting on this one for a couple of weeks, actually, because it's so simple. I was looking for the right time, and now feels like the right time. The authors of this paper are Alexander Dick, Adair mm-hmm. Morse, and Luigi Zingales. Oh, I like um, this. Luigi. They pub- yeah. The paper was published on January 5th, so Timely. it's a brand new paper. Mm-hmm. And the title basically implies the entirety of the paper. Are you ready? Yeah. Here's the title. How Pervasive is Corporate Fraud? Ooh, this, sounds, this actually sounds important. That's it. It's just that. Um, So they basically are going to go on to define fraud. I'm going to bury the lead because it's so short. They're going to define fraud as Mm -hmm. financial misrepresentation exposed by auditors, misrepresentation that leads to an SEC enforcement, restatements, which Uh isn't really fraud, but they're basically kind of like on the edge there. Could could be a harbinger, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what they're going with. And SEC Section 10B-5 fraud cases, so actual open cases. Of course, 10B-5, yeah. Their focus period is old. They mm-hmm. they are specifically answering the question about Arthur Anderson, who, if you're like a young ESG analyst, go getter at Glass Lewis, and you love <laughs> holding you know corporates accountable, the mm-hmm. original OG sort of governance community mm-hmm. comes out of the fall of Enron and Arthur Anderson. Yeah, I forget about that. I forget about Arthur Anderson. You forget about that name. Yeah, they're the ones who basically enabled the fraud to happen on the Rubber auditor stamps. side. Enron, on the yeah. auditor side. Mm-hmm. Um, so their time periods for, for looking at this are um, 1997 to 2005. There's a pre-Arthur oh. Anderson fail and a post-Arthur Why Anderson so fail. Why so old? But okay, I'm still I'm still interested. So old, Well, though. because a lot they got to see is it was like an actual real-world um, experiment where they get to yeah. see who says something different after Arthur Anderson Got fails, uh-huh. and all of Arthur Anderson's clients come to light. Like, how much were they enabling their clients to do fraudy things, right? Sure. Here, is, here are the three key findings. Our evidence suggests that in normal times, only one-third of corporate frauds are detected. Uh, okay. I would say that that sounds like a success story. So 66% mm-hmm. of corporate fraud is happening without us knowing it. I believe that. Uh-huh. Finding number two, we estimate that on average, mm-hmm. 10% of large publicly traded firms are committing securities fraud every year. Okay. 10%. I don't, I don't know why, but that doesn't, that doesn't feel shocking to me either. I would have guessed almost a little higher. One in 10? One in 10. Large. These are large cap companies. They're not yeah, talking no, about. I'm with like, you. Okay. 
And then we estimate that corporate fraud destroys 1.6% of equity value each hmm. year, equal to $830 billion in 2021. So there you go. Nearly a trillion dollars of equity value disintegrated because of unseen, undetected corporate fraud. Now, what's that's your, it. That's the paper. That's it? You don't have like a clever takeaway here? A so witty, the clever a witty takeaway here, takeaway? Uh-huh. one of the things I did is I used MSCI's AGR, mm-hmm. um, which oh, is- Oh, yeah. I know AGR. Um, our friend Agnes. I love AGR, actually. I'm AGR is an accounting- yeah. It basically is like accounting anomalies, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's forensic, for, forensic accounting. Yeah, it's looking for anomalies in the accounting based on what peer companies are doing. It's it's highly complicated. It's a very large data set. But they have an indicator that says like these companies are maybe like there's a lot of risk, accounting risk here. And I was matching it up with our with our board saver metrics to see which directors are oh, basically okay. have a high exposure. And I'll give you one name. Please and do. if you want the rest, you have to call us up and I can give I you do? the rest of the names. Now, Wait, I, y- you also have oh, to Oh, you call collected us. you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the one name I'll give you is Charles Scharf. That's the one name I'll give you. <laughs> I know that name. <laughs> That's it. That was my name. Oh, good. Today. I like that. I kept it Thank simple. You. We're going to keep it simple. That's all we got for a Monday. That's Damian Rollis. I'm Matt Muscardi. It was a very Apology Monday. I yeah, like why not? I think it's great. I can cross those stories off my list at least. If you haven't read our predictions paper, it's out on what? the interwebs. It's on social. It's the read best it. paper you're going to read this year. Bar none. If you have read it and you want to get in touch with us about the data behind us, do that. Otherwise, come back tomorrow for Corporate Theater Players. And then all week we'll be here. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye.